Guys, welcome back to our midweek service. I know we have two groups of people that are watching that I want to highlight in this season because it's kind of been a crazy week. Some of you might say it's been a crazy 24, 25 weeks, and I would agree, but this week has been pretty monumental for some of our families and, and some of our young adults that are watching because a lot of our college campuses opened for move-ins this week. And I remember when my parents dropped me off when I was in college, I was prepared for it mentally, all this freedom. It was going to be awesome. I get to do my own thing, sleep till when I want to, stay up till when I want to, eat what I want, when I want. I get to go where I want, when I want. It's just an adventure. But that first moment, I can remember being in my dorm room. I walked my parents down. Then I walked back up and I looked out the window and I saw them leave the parking lot. And it was in that moment that I realized I have no idea what I'm doing. What am, what am I here for? What am I supposed to be doing? I don't know anyone. I went to a fairly large university, prestigious Texas Tech University, and I knew some people from my high school went to the school, but I didn't really know those guys, and I wasn't really connected with them. And so for a moment, I was clueless. I had no idea what, what the next step was. Here I am in my dorm. My classes don't start for a few days. There's nothing on my schedule I don't really have anything to unpack. I don't have anywhere to go. So what do I do? And it's this feeling of lostness that compounds. And then debriefing with my parents, you know, months and years later, their experience on the five and a half hour drive home, thinking, well, wh what's next? Our nest is empty. They get home and a week later, they realize that the schedule has changed. The temperature of the home has changed. The conversations have changed. And there's this whole new experience that we're going through. And, and it involves a great deal of lostness. And so we have, we have parents who are with us right now who may be experiencing that. Maybe you're throwing a little party. Yeah, we have our house back to ourselves. We could do what we want when we want. We don't have kids here to tear the place apart. I get to eat the food that I'm actually buying. And we also have college students that are with us here on Wednesday nights who are kind of experiencing that. Maybe you've moved into a dorm or maybe you're at home, but your schedule's a whole lot different. And so your parents may be treating you differently, like you're actually an adult. Or your friends have all moved off and here you are still attending a community college, a junior college, working. Life's a little bit different. And we're not alone in that feeling. I think in that feeling is where we realize how helpless we can be sometimes and how uh, bent we are toward habit. And for the past 23 weeks, we've been trying to figure out what this new rhythm is, this new habit. What, what is this season even about? And now we're about to step into an, another new season. As you're getting ready to start school, as you're getting ready to start homeschooling your kids, as you're beginning to go back to work or back to work a couple days a week in the office, or maybe you just got a job after losing your job. There's so much that we're experiencing right now that is filled with unknown. And that's not comfortable. And it feels helpless, but it also feels like I, I need to find what my next step is because I don't know. I'm kind of, I'm here, I'm planted, and I'm still learning how to take that next step. And so we're all in this season of relearning. And so we're, we're shifting what we're doing here on Wednesday night. We just covered almost 25 Psalms. 
which is a lot to go through, a big portion of the, the Psalms. And so we went through those, we read them all, that's 25 chapters that we read together. And I think that's, that's nothing that we should be ashamed of, but there's still so many more we can read. But I wanted us to jump in to kind of the position the disciples were in that we're feeling too. This position of what's next? Where's my next step? Where do I need to be going? What do I need to be doing? And that's where we're going to find them. And so for the next foreseeable future on Wednesday nights, we're going to be digging through a different chunk of the book of Acts. And the book of Acts, it's Acts for short, or the Acts of the Apostles. Act is an action word. It's the things that the people who followed Jesus did after Jesus left. And so today we're going to set the stage for the next 20 plus weeks of looking at what they did and seeing the movement of God's people, the movement of God's word and his power showing up. And to set the stage, I think it's important for us to see where they're coming from and what it is they've been told. Because if I go back to Josh being dropped off at college, I know where I was coming from and I know what I was told, instructed, reminded of from my parents. They reminded me who I am, whose I am, what I am to be doing. And that's kind of what the book of Acts does for us. But before we dive into the book of Acts, we need to take a step back. The person who wrote the book of Acts also wrote the gospel of Luke. And so Luke has this two-part story. And I think we should look at the end of the first act before we jump into the second act and study everything that he tells us there as he recounts God's movement, as he sees God with us, and then what do we do now that God's not with us anymore? And so we'll be addressing that over time. And I really want us to use this time to grow. We're going to read the book of Acts together. Maybe between now and Christmas even, we'll get to dive through it and read a whole book of the Bible. And for some people, that's an incredible feat. That's something you've never done before. That's something you never considered doing before. But I'm so pumped to think about the growth that we can experience in our faith, not just in, in knowledge, not just in completion of a task, but actually growing in the way that we trust God and live out for him what it looks like to live our lives for him. But let's jump into the end of Luke. And in the end of Luke, we have, we have the end of Jesus's time on earth. And all the gospels kind of wrap up with Jesus ending his time on earth. He, he died on a cross and his disciples were kind of scattered and they weren't sure what to do. And they were scared because they thought that he was coming to overthrow the government and sit up on the throne when really he actually died and they were confused and lost. And then he made himself known to them and he appeared to them and, and hundreds of other peoples. He made himself known to them. And so he's kind of giving them this last hurrah, this last bit of instruction. And this last confirmation of, you know what? This is exactly what I came to do. And now this is your role in what it is that I've come to do. So to better understand that, I, I want to close with this last little bit of conversation that Jesus has with his disciples. In Luke chapter 24, we're going to read verses 44 through 53, if you guys would join me in that. Jesus said to them, this is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets, and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. 
He told them, this is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name to all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. I am going to send you what my father has promised. But stay in the city until you have been clothed with power from on high. When he had led them out of the vicinity of Bethany, he lifted up his hands and blessed them. While he was blessing them, he left them and was taken up into heaven. Then they worshipped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. And they stayed continually at the temple, praising God. So there Jesus actually leaves his guys. He says, everything I came to do, everything they said I would come to do has been done. And now, now I go. And when I go, the father will send what he has promised to you. And in John chapter 14, he promises them a helper will come. In John chapter 16, an advocate will come. I'm sending someone to you to help you comprehend what's happening. I'm sending someone to you to give you power to overcome what you'll go through. And so Jesus reminds them. And so everything that's been done was foretold and prophesied about. And, and here I am living those prophecies out. And now the, the next thing is for me to go and for God to send his helper. But do not leave the temple until his helper comes. And then Jesus went up to heaven. And we're going we're gonna to read that a little bit more as we move forward into Acts. But I think it's important for us to see that's where he leaves them. And to empathize with that feeling that they must be feeling. Because they were distraught, broken, hurt when he died. And he was put into a tomb. So they, they were lost and pretty hopeless. And now here he is. He's come back. He resurrected from the grave. And he's teaching them and showing them. Here's, here's my wounds. Come see, feel. This is me. I'm doing what I said I would do. And so they had to get their hopes up again. Great, now's the time he's going to overthrow the kingdom. Now's the time he's going to do something huge. But then he leaves again. And so they go back to their next instinct. Let's just go to the temple. He said, stay in the temple, stay in the city until the helper comes, until God sends your advocate to you. So they went and they worshiped. And how cool is it that that's the way they're bent? They spent three years following Jesus closely. And their best response to unknown is, let me step back into what I know. And I know that I can praise the Lord. I know that I can be with him. I know that he could be with me. And so that's how they responded. They worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. We got to see Jesus go to heaven. And something big is coming. He told us. He reminded us. And so we're going to stay here praising God, focusing on that, because that's what we can control. That's what we know. And until we see something different, we're going to continue to praise God. So this takes me back to the dorm room. It's like, well, what do I know? I know that I've got a meal card and I like to eat. And so I was drawn to, all right, here's what I can, I'm going to go down to the student union and I'm going to get a meal and I'm going to eat. And from there, I sat down at a table and some other people sat with me and we actually engaged in conversation and developed friendships so this thing that I was bent to do actually helped me grow in the direction that I needed to go. And these disciples were following Jesus so closely that that was their bent. 
at least on that adrenaline high that they were feeling, I'm drawn into worship. So let me ride that wave. Let me get in there and worship God. Because now I know for sure that Jesus came to overcome the grave. And I know for sure that Jesus already overcame the grave. And I don't really know what's next. But for now, I know what Jesus has told me. And I've seen that much of the promise. And so if his promise was to overcome sin and death, I have to know that the next promise is going to be even better because he was powerful enough to overcome death. So what's next? Before we dive into Acts, we're going to read just a little chunk of it tonight. And then I'm going to encourage all of us to continue to read as we dive. Some weeks will be chapter by chapter, verse by verse. Some weeks will cover chunks of chapters because the book of Acts is the story of God's movement, his people and his word moving from Jerusalem to the ends of the world, to the ends of the earth, to all nations. So all nations would be able to know that their sins have been forgiven and repentance is imminent. It's something available for us now. And so it starts there and it, we see the acts of the apostles moving about planting churches, spreading the good news. And it just spreads like wildfire. And so we're going to cover small chunks here. We're going to focus on a verse here, a verse here. And some weeks we're going to cover several chapters, not to to limit their ability to impact us, but because we need to cover big movements and big swaths to better see the big picture. And so stick with us on the little weeks, stick with us on the big weeks, because I think understanding this picture of God's church, of the church starting and launching and spreading will help us better understand our role right now as God's people in God's church because we're on a mission and we have a job and we really are open for business. And so what does that look like? Also in, in the book of Acts, we're gonna see some, some things that are prescriptive and some things that are descriptive. A prescriptive means that the verse is telling us how things should be done. Descriptive tells us how things were done. And so we have to be very careful as we read through to know like this is describing an event that took place versus this is describing how I should live my life. And there's gonna be things that we point out and highlight and we need to be able to tell the difference as best we can. It's not the easiest book to study. It's not the easiest book to preach through, but I think it fits what we need the most right now in understanding who we are as the church. Especially in the meantime, as we're preparing to reopen a building, we still have a role as a church. And so if you get caught on, on a verse, if you get caught on a word, and you want to email us, you are more than welcome to info at springcreekchurch.org. You can comment on our posts, and, and we'll try to help through this. But one of the best things we can do is to grow in community through this study, to be with people and just say, hey, let's read Acts together and talk about life, because that's a big win. And if we see what they did in Acts, they were doing just that. Let's talk about what Jesus did, and let's talk about our lives. And that's, that's a pretty honoring practice, I would say. The other thing I want to give a heads up about is throughout this book, you're going to see so many signs and miracles and wonders. There's going to be some big healings take place, some massive, powerful things. And they're going to be awesome to see. But that's not the point of the book. And I think if we get caught up in those miracles and signs, we're going to think, well, if that's the point of the book, what are we doing now? Where's my miracles? Where's my signs? I'm not saying that God doesn't heal in miraculous ways today. I'm not saying that he's not still at work in those ways, but I'm saying that's not the point of the book. 
those things highlight the things that happened. But I wouldn't say that's prescriptive. I wouldn't say that that's the expectation of us. If you aren't participating in someone's healing, then you're not doing something right. I don't think that's a fair expectation. And that's not what Luke is trying to get across. Because Luke gives us a very specific purpose for his book. And while this is the the second part of his story, he's got a thesis behind it that points us to something we need to reflect on every week as we study. Every week as we look in and dig in, does this point back to this thesis statement, this main point that Luke is making? And the main point isn't you will have the power to heal. The, The main point is not you will perform signs and wonders. But we're going to dig into the main point because it tells us exactly who we are and what it is we're to do. So Jesus ascends into heaven and that's kind of where we leave off. And Luke is setting the table and he addresses this book to Theophilus. And we'll read that in the first verse. He, he says, oh, Theophilus. And Theophilus is a Greek phrase. It could be a Greek name, but also a Greek phrase, which means lover of God or loved by God. And so it, some people think, well, this could be a Christian from the first church that, Jesus, or that Luke is writing to, to fill in on the whole story. Or it could just be a general term saying, hey, if you love God, I want to tell you how all this came to be so you don't miss out on anything. And so let's read the first few verses of Acts chapter 1 so we can look through them and have a better understanding of who we are and where we're headed. We'll start in verse 1. In the first book, O Theophilus, I have dealt with all that Jesus began to do and teach until the day when he was taken up, and after he had given commands through the Holy Spirit to the apostles whom he had chosen. He presented himself alive to them after his suffering by many proofs, appearing to them during 40 days and speaking about the kingdom of God. And while staying with them, he ordered them not to depart from Jerusalem, but to wait for the promise of the Father, which, he said, you heard from me, for John baptized with water, but you will be baptized with the Holy Spirit not many days from now. So this is like Theophilus, heads up, man. I want you to understand what the first part was. This next part I'm telling you is right from where Jesus left us. You saw that John was baptizing with water, but the next big thing is that we'll, baptize, we'll be baptized by the Holy Spirit. Not these two significant baptism separate things, because we believe in one baptism at our church, but in that baptism, you will be baptized by the Holy Spirit not many days from now. He's saying, lover of God, If you follow Jesus, here's what you're going to experience. In my first book, I showed you what Jesus did, what he taught us about, and how he expects us to behave, what it looks like to follow him, to passionately pursue him, and the good things that could happen when we do that. And now I'm going to tell you a little bit about how that has played out to get us where we are today. And then he continues in verse 6. So when they had come together, they asked him, Lord, will you at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? He said to them, it is not for you to know the times or the seasons that the father has fixed by his own authority, but you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. 
And when he had said these things, as they were looking on, he was lifted up and a cloud took him out of their sight. And while they were gazing into heaven, as he went, behold, two men stood by them in white robes and said, Men of Galilee, why do you stand looking into heaven? This Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will come in the same way as you saw him go into heaven. This is where we get the thesis statement, the main point of the whole book. So we get to read the whole book, the rest of the book with this lens. It's it's like the end of the story. We know how it ends, but we get to see through this lens that things will happen in big ways. And the the thesis statement is right there in verse 8. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria and to the end of the earth. That's, that's the whole point of what he's telling us. is that we will receive power and we will be his witnesses. That means that his power will propel our purpose. His power moves us forward into what it is we're supposed to be doing. His power. And sometimes his power is is knowledge of what to do. Sometimes his power is at work and beyond our control. But his power propels our purpose. And so 25 weeks ago, when everything kind of came to a screeching halt... Everyone said, well, I guess churches are closed. I guess the church can't gather. But what a time for a pandemic to happen. In other times during a pandemic, if they didn't have the technology and creativity available to us today, they would not be able to gather. But I don't think that would prevent the power of Christ propelling his purpose through his church forward. And so I think it's very fitting that God has prepared us for this moment, whether we feel unprepared or not, whether we feel that he's in it or not, it's his power at work. And it's propelling his purpose for us, his church, us as individuals, us as a body of believers, as we gather together around many different screens, but around one father, one God, one Jesus And so it's through that power that we get to see the purpose that we have fleshed out before us. Because our our purpose is to continue to do what he's called us to do. And so we're fulfilling that purpose together. And so the church is open for business. And yet many people still say, my church is closed. I don't know what my church is doing. I've changed churches because my church doesn't meet anymore. And we continue to lean in and try to steward well what God has given us in terms of technology, in terms of creativity, in terms of ability to connect with people right here in this room, in this city, in this region, in this territory to the end of the earth. We're reminded regularly how many people from outside of this country consume our content directly. And that's not because we have the power to plug in a machine to send it over to other countries across the sea. It's because his power is going to propel his purpose for us. And that purpose is that we would be his witnesses. 
And that's, that's a reminder. That's not an opportunity. That's a reminder. Because if we are in Christ, we will be his witnesses. And it's not something we turn on and turn off. It's not something we say, well, I'll be his witness over here. But right now, I just, I need to go to this room and just be me. The reminder here is that you will receive power and you will be my witnesses. And people are watching us as a witness of Christ. They're watching us bear our faith, bear witness to what Jesus has done in our lives. And they know about it more than we do often. And they're seeing our hypocrisy more than we do often. And they're, they're cheering for us to get it right more than we realize often. But we often forget that we have the power and that we have a purpose. And that's something we can own. We have the power to be his witness, even though we have been broken and bent to sin. Even though our past seems like something that could not be overcome, but we didn't overcome it, Jesus did on the cross. Even though our present seems really muddy and hazy and we don't know the next step to take, we get to be his witness as we step in faith, trusting and knowing, leaning in. And so we get to remember that we are equipped to do what God has called us to do. He says, you will be my witnesses. That means he's given us the power to be his witness. And that power is spelled out in a variety of different ways. If you go read in Galatians chapter five, Paul's very clear in saying that the fruit of the spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, gentleness, faithfulness, self-control. And I encourage you to, to read that and see, is this my inventory of my witness of Christ? Is this what I have been doing? Do people see that alive in me? Because I am a witness and I'm bearing witness of what Jesus has done and what Jesus can do. And that's the reminder that we get through the book of Acts. As his word and his people move throughout the world, we are witness. People look at the lives of Christians and their lives are changed because grace is irresistible. And so we should recognize the power that we have and lean into that. We should recognize that while the building may be closed, we are still at work. We still have a purpose. We still have a job to do. In fact, I think our faith is doubled down right now because we don't get to be the Christians that just go to church on Sunday morning and go out to lunch and then do whatever we want the rest of the week. But instead, we, we live out what we're about. What could that look like for us? As a church, we've seen people, because we can't gather in person, we've seen people lean in and say, here's more money, let's make a difference. Here's some food. Let's go feed those people. Let me go be present. You need school supplies. Let's give them school supplies. You've never been a homeschool parent before. Let's help you homeschool parent. Let's help you teach your kids. Let's help you multitask. Let's open our, our space and our hearts for you. You're lonely. Let's call you. Let's send you letters. Let's pray prayers with you and over you. And that's what we've gotten to see at work. So, is that something you're willing to lean into for the next number of weeks? Because we're going to see that played out. The church is open and we are the church and we have a calling for us right now. And that's going to be played out in the way that we respond 
to the power we have received to be his witness. And we're going to dive deeper together. I know we only read eight verses, but as always, we, we have a reading plan we'll do together on the YouVersion reading Bible app. And you can read, we've got five days where we'll dive into Acts chapter one. And then next week, we'll get to read more through Acts chapter two so that we can really grow and understand and not just spend 40 minutes together with me talking and you consuming, but actually being together in this experience. So I, I wanna invite you to join me in that reading plan. It's called Acts chapter one. That should help us find it. We'll put the link up in the comments also to help you find it. And I wanna encourage you, as you find time, read through Acts together. If we do a chapter a week, it'll get us through Christmas, but we're gonna read chunks at a time. So let's engage together to recognize our calling as Christians, as followers, to be the church wherever we go. And let's learn this together as it fleshes out, even though we're gathering from different places. Let's pray. God, we thank you so much for the calling that you've given each one of us and the calling you've given us as your church. Would you convict our hearts and remind us of that calling? Would you stir your spirit and work in powerful ways to give us the power, to remind us of the power that we have? And would you give us the faith to step into that power and step out in power to be your witness in a powerful way as we seek to make an impact, not for your church, but for your kingdom to come and for your grace to be known by others. So please continue to affirm what we're doing and guide us in that. We thank you for Jesus and for his death and resurrection and in the, the redemption and the grace we experience because of that. And it's in his name we pray, amen. Thank you guys so much for deciding to jump in for this first week. We encourage you to join us again Sunday morning as we continue our weekend worship series and also come back next Wednesday as we continue to walk through Acts. Y'all have a great week.